I am not Roy in any which way to be Masbid or Brunchbeagle, and that's not my intention here this morning. I'm here more as, a, uh, as an eyewitness to what I saw, the experiences that I was able to have. One of the greatest, if not the greatest privilege of my life is when I was appointed to be the mashkiach of this yeshiva and I got this chus to work alongside with such an Adam Gadol as of Abba Branspiegel's Echetzadik Lavracha. His reputation was worldwide at that time. He was already a Tamad Chacham Muvak. He was a Rav. He was a Paisek. People were Shailetza by him. And of course, the Al-Kulam, he was a Marbitz Tair La'adarim La'alafim L'Rivavais. And when I came into this yeshiva and I got this chus to work under him, his stature in my eyes grew day by day for that golden decade that I was able to be here with him. In the Hakdama to his Sefer Bikuri Abba, which is primarily on Zroim, on the topics involving Zroim, he shines a light on the Gemara and Shabbos that was mentioned before, on Daflamid Aleph, Amid Aleph. The Gemara darshans a Pasuk, Vahaya Amunas Itacha, and it darshans it through the Shishe Sidri Mishnah. Bahaya Amunas Amunas Zroim. The word Amuna characterizes Seder Zroim. Why? What's the connection between Amuna and Seder Zroim? So Taisus brings the Rushalmi Shemamin Bahayalamim Vizaira. Person takes a seed, plants it in the ground and has Amuna and the Bari'elam. So Zeroyim is synonymous with Seder Zeroyim. So Abraham beautifully contrasts the life of a city dweller with the life of a farmer. And he says that a person that lives in a city it's very easy for him to forget where his brachas come from. I'll quote a Kutzker because the Kutzker was so beloved by him. He says, people that live in cities with tall buildings, the tall buildings obscure the Rabbeinu Shleilam. We forget about the Rabbeinu Shleilam. I'm so busy with my career. I went to this school and I have this resume I have this pedigree, I'm a male, I have this job, and I have this salary, I have this security, 
and you completely cancel out the Rabbeinu Shalom from the equation. And this is true for many, many people who live in a city and they begin to imagine that my power comes from zich, my, my power comes from myself, from my brilliance, my cleverness, my planning. Everything was carefully pedicured and, and here I am and the anoichias is intoxicating. But then look at a farmer. A farmer lives not in a low-tech society, but in a no-tech society. It's him living out in the fields. It's just him and his shovel and his land. And he takes a piece of soil that's, that's hard and that's parched and that's dry and he tills it and he irrigates it. And finally, on the right day, he invests in seed and he plants seeds in the ground, and then he steps back. And he recognizes that for this seed to grow, there's nothing for me to do anymore. I did everything that I could do, but the rest of the process is up to the Rabbi Nishleilam. There's nothing me in this process of planting a seed. Now I just have to wait for the seed to decompose and ultimately to sprout, hopefully, if the conditions are right, and then to break through the ground and to have a bumper crop, but that's not me. That's all from the Rabbeinu Shalom. Shemamin The greatest act of Amuna is planting a seed in the ground and then relying solely on the Bari to do the rest. And I believe that these words of Rebranspiegel were autobiographical. Rebranspiegel, by the time he got here, was already a very, very seasoned Rosh Hashiva. He was already a world-renowned Lamdan. I just had this morning in my office, somebody came to meet me. He happened to have been an early Talmud in Yeshiva Sarabin Yitzchak Khanan, And he told me, just I told him that today is a Hesped, maybe stay he says he has to get back, but I'll tell you one thing. When I came to the yeshiva, Reb Braunschweigel was already in the Kailal, and by far he was the greatest Lamdin in the Kailal at that time. That's what he said to me. And he said that he was, the, he was known to be the Mamshech HaMesaira in his Derech HaLimud of Reb Yashaber. This was the reputation that Rebranschbiegel enjoyed, and it only got more and more over the decades that had passed. He had a community that loved him in Borough Park, world-renowned Rob, a Paisek. And then he was approached by Harab Dr. Lander, Zechetzadik Levracha, who tapped him, of all people, to be the Rosh Hashiva in this new institution that was being formed, that was only a dream. But Braunschweigel, I'm sure, had 10,000 reasons to decline. He didn't need it. He was fine where he was. He had one of the largest, if not the largest, Yurim. He had over 100 Bachram at certain Tkufas. It's a huge amount of Bachram of Talmidim to have. He was the Melech. He had everything going for him, and yet... 
for some reason, he accepted the offer. And he went from having a hundred Talmidim to having no Talmidim. Or a handful of Talmidim in the early years, and then Baruch Hashem prospered and it grew to more than a handful. But it was purely an act of emuna to plant that seed in this soil on which we stand and to see the fruits, the luscious fruits grow from it, that wasn't a simple decision. It was, the, it was a decision that was founded on Rebran Spiegel's strong emuna in the Rabbeinu Shalom, in Zraim, to be maimen b'chaya And because he took Dr. Lander up on his offer, as Rav Shmulebet says, we are here today. The Pasuk in Kaiheles in Parak Yud Aleph says, so beautifully that in the morning sow your seeds, plant your seeds in the morning. And at night, do not remain idle. And Rashi says, if you enjoyed cultivating Talmidim in your youth, don't be idle in your old age, but reestablish new Talmidim when you're older. Plant those seeds again. In the morning you'll plant seeds, and at night you'll continue to plant seeds. This pasuk is a pasuk that's describing the nifter, in the morning of his life, he planted many seeds, thousands of seeds, and at the, the sunset period of his life, he didn't retire, although he could have, he didn't stay put, he didn't stay complacent, he didn't rest on his laurels, he understood the kayach of starting a new makam taira in his image, and he planted new Talmidim in this yeshiva, in this Makam Taira. And Baruch Hashem, the Ebishter benched his Amuna, and he saw great bracha, him together with all of the other Rabbeim in this yeshiva, and the entire faculty of this yeshiva that worked so diligently to produce those fruits. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu blessed us. His Talmidim adored him. His Talmidim revered him. And his Talmidim learned so much from him. I just remember a few stories, and many of them were mentioned by, by Reb Zev in that article. When he would dance by a chasna, when he would dance by a mesiba, he would twirl around and around until he was so dizzy and he would have to be caught by people because he started to faint. And everybody knew already that there had to be chasidim, talmidim, that were standing within his daladamas because it was only a matter of time before he started fainting. And then they caught him, they sat him down, and then he got up again and he started twirling around and singing and dancing with all of his energy until again he had to faint and sit down. That was the Messiris Nefesh, for the Bachram that he had. 
I remember how emotional he was. Anything would make him cry. If he heard a shmuz, he would start crying. If he mentioned his rabbeim, Rabbi Yashuber of Gorelik, he would start crying. If he mentioned the Hasidic Sherebbe, he would start crying. If he mentioned Ishver, the great Rav Munk, he would start crying. He had such chain. He had such a sense of humor. Everybody loved him. He used to say, if a Talmud would ask, Rabbi, can I call you late at night? Can I call you late at night and ask you about the shear? He would say, until 10 o'clock at night, don't hesitate to call. After 10 o'clock at night, hesitate and then call. That's who he was. He was so ibigageben to his Talmidim, he loved them. And he, like a father to a son, he wanted them to grow. He wanted them to be productive. He was so proud of them. Wherever he would meet them, he would ask them, first and foremost, are you being kaveh'itim? No matter, you didn't want to hear about their profession and what they were doing, how much money they were making. He wanted to know one thing. Are you ligging and learning? Are you, are you learning? That was all that mattered to him. He was mufka from Elam Haba, from Elam Hazar, rather. He was completely immersed in Elam Haba. I remember we used to go to Eretz Yisrael together, recruiting Dr. Sokol, and myself and uh, Salavechik, we would go together and we had a lot of time to spend together and we enjoyed each other's company. Those were wonderful years. And I remember I was checking in, we brought the suitcases into the lobby of the hotel and everybody you know, was taking out their credit cards. You have to take out a credit card in order to be entered into, in order for them to give you a room. Rabban Shpigel says, I didn't know I had to bring a credit card. He had no shaykhist. Who doesn't bring a credit card? If I go to the corner, I have to bring a credit card today. He had no shaykhist. I don't know how he got on a plane. I don't know how he got a passport. But he went on a plane without a credit card to Eretz Yisrael. And he was, he, he just was able, he got there, he came back. Apparently, you don't need a credit card in Eretz Yisrael. I remember going from yeshiva to yeshiva. When I had to speak in yeshiva, they would give me like, you know, the back room in a corner, maybe. Whenever Bran Shpigel, whenever I came with him to any yeshiva, they would give him like the front row center because they were all his talmidim. All the Rosh yeshivas in Eretz were his talmidim. So wherever they went, any yeshiva, big or small, they just gave him the, he would sit and stand by the Ahmed, stand by the bima in the middle of the yeshiva and every, he would get the hakdama of uh, like Rav Shach's hakdama. And he, would, uh, and he would just start giving a shir, and everybody was, was mesmerized. He had such fealty to G'dayli Yisrael. He would speak about Rav Shach all the time. And I think before he took the position here, he went around, he told me once, I think he, he spoke to Rav, Shach, to Rav Pam and to G'dayli Yisrael before it, to, to find out how to set up the yeshiva and what the best ayfin to do it was. Everything was founded on Das Taira, on G'dayli Yisrael. I had the schus to speak to his Rebetzin during the Shiva, and she shared with me that her fondest memories of being together with Rebran Spiegel were the Shabbosas that they spent together in Yeshiva. They would spend so many weeks together, Shabbosas together here, and they felt so at home. The Talmidim adored them. The Talmidim gave them such covid, and the pleasure that she had 
from being in this avir was, she said, the greatest memories of her life together with her Braunschweigel. And that meant so much to me because it meant that we as yeshiva were able to give something back. That it resonated, the fact that we were his Talmidim and that we loved him so much and that whatever he would do stuck by us. I remember, and I don't know if this is appropriate to say, but it was very heartwarming that after davening and after the Kiddush on Shabbos morning, Rav Braunschweigel and his Rebetzin would sit in the Ezer Snashim over there and they would learn together. They would learn together Chumash. They shared together a love. Their, their bond was built on Tyra as well. That's very rare to find that a marriage is built on, on, on learning Tyra together. It's built on other things. It's built on a lot of things. But Rav Braunschweigel was so cool at Tyra and his Rebetzin was so cool at Tyra that that, that, was what, that was one of the things that they related together with, with was, was with Tyra. And Baruch Hashem, the yeshiva that we enjoy today was jointly planted by Rabbi Dr. Lander, Levracha, and Rabbi Brunschwigel, the Rosh Yeshiva, along with an incredible staff, but primarily those two were the Amudei, the Amudim of the yeshiva, and I think I'm the Shliach Tzibor in benching us that may the yeshiva continue to grow as it is. The seeds planted with great sacrifice and with uncertainty. Hazarim Bidima. It was planted with tears because nobody knew what would be. We were Mamin Bechaya Elamin Bezairea Berina Yiktsairu. We have and we will, and Amir Hashem, it will continue until Mashiach comes, that we'll be able to reap the benefits, besimcha, of those seeds that were planted, the fruits that are growing are you, the Talmidim, and we get so much nachas from you, the Talmidim that are currently here, the Talmidim that have graduated, and that many of you have come today, this morning, to give the Kavit Achran to your Shiva. Bezus Hashem, we should only see Vaiter Hatzlocha in these Kaisle Beis Medrash. And we are forever grateful to you, Herr Branschbegel. For your Amuna and Hashem, for your Amuna and the Taira, and for your Amuna and us, your adoring Talmidim. Tainish Masay Tsura Bitsura Chaim.